Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. I uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, September 29th. 2021 edition of Invest Talk. And as we set are set here tomorrow to close out the third quarter, we look back uh, and we also look forward. Uh, and we look in the current market, which is volatile. Uh, and we look forward towards a different regime. Um, now, you could say that's uh, the new regime is positive or negative. Depends on how your portfolio is positioned. And we are now entering a time where inflation is sticky. It is here. It is likely to be persistent for various reasons. Okay. Uh, one is demographics. Large amount of baby boomers retiring. Gig economy is making work more flexible, uh, different. Uh, especially with people working from home. And so certain jobs are now more attractive because you don't have to commute. There's also a larger social safety net that was brought on by COVID uh, and looks to be expanding, whether you like that or not. So the demographics are pushing the labor force lower. That's inflationary for wages. And wages are what are paid to produce things, goods and services. So that's inflationary. Then you have deglobalization. Just-in-time inventory was dialed down to a T to make efficiency the, na- the name of the game, the number one priority for companies. Well, COVID showed that that's not the only name of the game. It's also resiliency is important. And therefore, inventory levels are likely to increase. And that's part of the reason why you see shipping problems and and bottlenecks because demand to refill those supply chains remains relatively strong. And then you have political wins, such as investing in domestic production, semiconductors, for example, bringing important production of important goods back here to the U.S. or to to NAFTA, right, North America. All of that is inflationary. If globalization was disinflationary or deflationary, deglobalization will likely be inflationary. And then lastly, ESG. What's happening is governments are trying to cut off the supply of carbon-based energy, before they fully transition to green energy and therefore setting the seeds, sowing the seeds, excuse me, 
of an energy crisis. And you're starting to see that in Europe uh, and in some ways here in America. So with all that being said, you have to adjust your thinking. This is a new market. This is a new environment. This is nothing like the last 10 to 15 years. Post 08. Right after 08, it was continuation of globalization. It was financial repression, keeping interest rates lower. The dollar was relatively strong. And all of those things fed into a market where it was about growth. When we were starved for growth, when commodity prices were low, supply of labor and commodities were plentiful. And so on this show and each and every day, I'm going to operate with my mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success to guide you through this time, through this new market regime. And so whatever I'm speaking about, I'm here to give you my perspective and the facts as I see them in front of me using my 20 plus years of investment experience. So I'm Justin Klein. I encourage you to reach out to me with your finance and investment questions and interact with me right now during our live stream program, four to five Pacific time. Or if you're listening after hours, you can also leave a message on our best talk voice bank. Either way, that number never changes. It's 888 chart So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Matt from North Carolina. I'm just calling. wondering about ticker symbol S-A-N, Banco Santander. I heard GMBC talking about this ticker and just wanted to know y'all's opinion and if you think it's going to be a good comeback story. Thank you. Bye. All right, look at Bank of Santander. This is a bank out of Spain. And during the European debt crisis, this is one of the names that got into a lot of trouble, uh, had a lot of issues. Last year, it traded as low as a buck 70. That's 52 week low. Now we're at 367. No dividend. Definitely getting back on their feet. Made 28 cents a share last year. So let's make 48 cents a share this year. Uh, doesn't get me excited. It's still lagging the overall sector, uh, the financial services sector, XLF. And I don't love the European banks. There's not a lot of growth over there. Uh, rates remain very low and they're not very business friendly. Uh, so if I'm going to invest in a bank, I want to own, frankly, a regional bank here in the U S that. That's that's my main focus. Uh, so this European bank just doesn't get me excited uh, just because the, the fundamentals historically are not that great. Um, you know, from capital allocation being typically subpar within that, uh, that economy. Um, and it's a very leveraged bank, a lot of, lot of debt. And they're up and down when it comes to their profitability. So... Uh, I'm just not a fan of this name that is currently underperforming. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. One market bull has issued a 10% correction warning. And this is what's interesting is 
this person, uh, this analyst still has a, a longer term bullish outlook, but there are some wins that are making him project a, about a 10% correction. Now we're about halfway there uh, from, depends on what index you're looking at, but the S&P, you're talking about a high of about 4,500. Now today we're at a close about 43, what are we, 4360? Got 140 points on 4,500. Yeah, I mean, you're talking three and a half, four percent. <laughs> it's really not uh, not much. Um, but he's saying we could go even further down to maybe 4,100 is uh, looks like his target. And that would be a modest pullback. Uh, we're going to unpack his reasoning and understand that this is pretty normal. So I kind of agree with his, his reasoning and his projection. Uh, but we're going to look at what he says and what I agree with, what I might not agree with. Also, food prices. Are food prices also here to stay? And there is a a hint of why it likely will remain relatively elevated. Then stable coins. This is an area that has been hot within the financial services, uh, the crypto space. And there looks to be more regulation coming down the pipe uh, that may help or, or hinder the industry as a whole. And we're going to discuss that. And then lastly, OPEC. Is OPEC going to become more powerful in the age of ESG and short energy supply? Maybe. We're going to look at that story as well. But those are things that are on my mind. And ultimately, I want to know what is on your mind. So give me a call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question so we can discuss whatever is on the docket for you. Let's look at the market today. The 10-year was uh, up about one basis point. Modest update in, in context since over the past, let's see, let's call it two weeks. We've gone from about 1.275 on the 10-year to one point. Five four at the close today, which doesn't sound like a lot, but as a percentage basis, that's a, that's a pretty big surge back to where we were in the months of April and May. And that put new pressure on the NASDAQ. COMPQ down 34 points after a large sell-off yesterday. Really couldn't get much of a, a bounce. The S&P itself was up seven points, uh, but that was frankly based back on the back of the the value side of the market, once again, the XLF was at three point three cents, which you know very modest update, but just shows you uh, the relative divergence between those value sectors and the tech sector, which continues to come uh, under pressure. You had the uh, SMH that was down almost four bucks today, right around the hundred-day moving average, where we haven't been since early August, and looks very weak. Uh, and I could see a, a large roller rollover in that side of the market. That's one of the most bearish uh, areas uh, that I am on the market is in the semiconductor space. And you're starting to see some big rollovers from the names of uh, a Micron, uh, names of NVIDIA uh, starting to roll over, and AMD as well. So uh, just a heads up there. You had, what else? You had the dollar was stronger. The, uh, what were we looking at? The, I want to look at one other thing. I'm trying to remember right now off the top of my head. I can't remember it, but yeah. So that was really the market today. Continued weakness. I do expect more downside 
nothing dramatic, but as we enter this time period where there's a lot of political jockeying, there's just a vote uh, on the floor of the Senate tomorrow uh, in regards to the stimulus packages and raising the debt ceiling, and we know they're going to raise the debt ceiling, we're not going to default, but um, that is on the docket and very important to see where the market goes for the balance of really the month of October. Now we're heading into a quick break. Steve Peasley and I are always happy to tackle your finance and investment questions, whether you come, whether, whether they come in via email, iTunes reviews, voicemail, or live calls. We love them all. So I'm here now, ready to take your questions on our anytime listener line. This is Invest Talk, 888 chart No two investors have an identical portfolio. So each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 99Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Joe from Illinois. I'm just calling, wondering your opinion about FedEx and if you think with their recent drop, they would be nearing a good buy point. Uh, I picked some up just under 230 and just wondering if it'd be a good spot to add. Looking forward to the answer. Thank you. All right, looking at FedEx, this is a name that had a pretty big surge uh, in, let's see, late part of 2020. It bottomed in, actually, no, sorry, it did bottom in March uh, of, the, of last year and has been on a tear. Uh, but it is has rolled over since its high in June. 52-week highs around 320. Now we're at 220. So you can see the massive drop that, that it's had, especially for a large cap name. Typically, a 30% drop in a large cap name like this uh, is, is a bad uh, omen. Um, now, I don't see a lot of support for, frankly, a while. Um, and that's one of my big issues here is technically uh, you are into some – sorry, you are actually into some weekly 100 uh, MA support here around 220, but I don't think it's going to hold. The technicals look pretty poor. Uh, you could get a bounce, but I think this heads, heads back down to 160, 170 in that area. And frankly, our value is down around that level, around 170, 175. So that's where it'd be interesting to me, but not until it gets definitely sub 180. Uh, that's when I start to think about it. Um, but here, at these levels, still around $220 a share, I'm passing on FedEx because I really, really don't like that chart and the valuations just aren't there yet. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and your goal of 
Financial freedom will require the right information and effective strategies. And that's what I'm here to help you with. So let's talk about whatever is on your mind. I want to hear from you. I can talk about whatever, but what's on your mind is A number one. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Let's go to Mason in Texas. He's looking at OKE, which is One Oak? Oni Oak? I never know how to say this. Uh, the name of this company. We actually own this for uh, clients. Uh, are you looking to buy it, Mason, or do you own it? No, I'm looking to buy it. It's really taken off. I know winter's coming on, and uh, I hear good things about the energy sector as a buying opportunity, but I don't know if I've missed the party already. So, uh, uh, well, I don't think you missed the party. Our value is still uh, closer to $100 uh, per share. Now we're at 58.81 at the close today, and we've we've bought this a while ago. And the main reason is it transports natural gas and natural gas liquids in the Rocky Mountain region. And that's really our main focus. It's not in the oil patch. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that OPEC can kind of turn on the supply of oil and it's a lot easier to move than natural gas. Uh, and so, but natural gas is a natural uh, substitute for coal. And the supply or the, the supply of coal is dwindling due to uh, ESG. And a lot of plants are set up to burn either natural gas or coal. And so if coal prices or coal um, supply is dwindling, that means the demand for natural gas is going to uh, increase. And so uh, we really like uh, this space and have owned it for a while. So uh, we think there's more upside. And yeah, uh, I, I would I would buy it. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline, one market bull has issued a 10% correction warning, and this is an analyst from Federated Hermes, uh, their chief market strategist, and he is warning that uncertainty surrounding fiscal and monetary policies will prevent the market from breaking out of its, of its current rut. Now, we saw a sign that a 5, 5 to 10% air pocket was materializing around the middle of summer, and he estimated that the time between August and October, that will be a period where you you hit that air pocket. And he sees worries about hotter than expected inflation and all, all up to COVID variant spreading. Uh, now, the COVID variant, I think that's a non-event. No, I am saying non-event, but certainly ebbing, going away. Uh, you're seeing new cases, both here in the U.S. and worldwide, slowing down. What's the reason? Well, I'm not a doctor, but I, I, I don't want it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Um, but what he's saying is on the monetary policy side, inflation has been running much hotter than the Fed and the administration has been talking about. Remember the transitory narrative? Well, the transitory narrative is going up in smoke. And the Fed is likely to change monetary policy in tapering terms much quicker than originally 
thought because of this. And I think the big question will be how much pain in the markets will the Fed be okay with? They won't be okay with a 50% drop in the market, tell you that much. 10%, 15%, 20%, probably not more than 20 He also points to potential uncertainty around Jerome Powell's term, which is up in January, and the potential to nominate somebody that is maybe more dovish than Jerome, although he's pretty big dove, and he's all about QE, very careful to tighten policy, although he looks to be doing that. Now, what's interesting about his call, this analyst call, is that he says that the growth trade, big tech, are particularly vulnerable. He sees the potential downside of 10 to 20% in that part of the market because of higher inflation, which is very similar to what I've been saying. He likes energy, financial, industrials, consumer discretionary, materials, and small cap stocks, as well as international developed markets. And broadly, I think that's correct. Jives with me. Now, uh, an interesting part of his analysis is that this is supposed to be a near-term correction. And he expects market to be higher at the end of the year on 4,800, which is roughly 7% or 8% higher than the highs we saw just a couple weeks ago. So 10% higher than here, more than that. I think that's a bit bullish. I think we're going to get a more choppy end of the year. And he thinks we're going to hit 5,300 by next year. Well, a lot depends on inflation. How sticky is the inflation? How high will interest rates go? How high will the Fed allow interest rates to go? And that will have a big impact on the multiples the market trades at. And so... I agree with a lot of his sentiment. Um, what twenty two what twenty twenty two will bring uh, is really up in the air. I think that's still still really hard to tell because you don't know what the stimulus packages are, are, are looking like yet. You don't know what Fed policy is going to look like. Is it still going to be Jerome Powell? Is it going to be somebody different? Is ESG going to still dominate and crimp supply of energy and commodities? creating an even stronger inflation impulse? Probably. So all that, it means that the market is more murky than it typically is. Now, on the next Invest Talk, this story, a rising number of retiring baby boomers may create eye-opening changes. In an economy hungry for employees, can organizations find ways to adapt and attract boomers back to jobs they held before the pandemic? I'll break down that story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. 
Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Adam from Texas. I'm calling about Vale or Vale, Victor Alpha Lima Echo in metals and mining. I've been eyeing them for a while. They've got a really nice dividend. But I was wondering if you guys could tell me if it's a good buy or not. It looks like their earnings per share are going to be positive, although it's uh, gone down or it's, it's trending down right now. But their large market cap looks pretty healthy besides that. But I'd love to hear what your guys' take is on it. I think somebody called about it last week or something, uh, maybe a week before. But if you can give me a quick breakdown uh, to talk me out of it, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. All right, looking at Vale, which is one of the largest miners in the world. Mainly they mine for iron ore. And they're pretty well diversified 
though. They do have some magnesium and coal and, and, and nickel and zinc mines as well as copper. So they have a lot of contributions from various types of commodities, and I like that. The issue here is that they're a price taker. They don't really have a, an economic moat. Uh, they're at the winds of the global commodities market, and especially the steel industry, because that's who typically buys most of their products. Now, if you're getting a change in the winds when it comes to property development in China, and I think that's what's bringing this down mainly, uh, because there's a lot of Brazilian steel or Brazilian um, iron ore that is sold to Chinese steel produ production. And if they're not going to build as many high-rise buildings, they're not going to need nearly as much steel. And I think that's the problem here. Uh, and so I'm not loving it yet. Now, it, it's much cheaper. It's on 33% from its 52-week high. Um, they're still a, a, a good business. They're buying back shares uh, at a modest rate, which is which I like. Um, but it's just too up and down for my liking. I think there's just better commodity exposure out there. And yeah, so I'm going to give this one a pass, especially because technically it is very weak. Once again, it is into some support, um, but it's just so volatile and I don't really have a good clarity on what's happening in China and their, their development market. And so I'm going to pass on Vale. 88899 chart, 88992 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now let's touch a bit on food prices. We talk a lot about oil and natural gas and, and coal and in and, and the energy side of the commodity space. But global food prices are also reaching levels not seen since 2011. Now I think there's one hint here and uh, of the cause. Now there, there are various things, but more broadly, on September 23rd, just uh, less than a week ago, the UN hosted a People Summit on Global Food Systems, on, and what they discussed was how to make food supply chains fairer, greener, and healthier. All things that I think are are great. But food prices are now a third higher than they were in August of last year, and they've risen 13 of the past 15 months. And if you know anything about history of politics, you'll know that one of the number one catalysts for political upheavals and uprisings, the latest one was the Arab Spring. A lot of that had to do with uh, food inflation. And so if you're going to have food inflation, that could create more political instability. Uh, but there are a few kind of Shorter-term causes, one is the fallout of swine flu in China in 2018, wiped out half of the country's 440 million pig herd, the largest in the world. And so they've been trying to rebuild that stock, and they've been buying lots of grain to feed the pigs, so putting strain on corn and soybean supplies. You also have containers being in short supply. And remaining grounded. And this restricts movement of a, a, a lot of types of, of products, but food as well. And if the cost of shipping things is two, three, four hundred percent higher than it was a year ago, well, food supplies are typically very low margin. 
You have to move a lot of it. And so that feeds through to cost as well. So the price of shipping staples like wheat, sugar, uh, in these bulk ships are up 300% in a year. Then you have droughts in parts of Africa, Asia, the Americas, because of what's called La Nina. So cooler than expected temperatures. You're, already, you're also seeing some reports of swine flu spreading again cr- across China. And meteorologists are looking that there's a 70 to 80% probability that another La Nina strikes this winter. That's true. That'll also feed into the energy market because there's a lot more demand for heating. And so you're seeing more, more frequent extremes in weather. And it makes the supply of these crops more unpredictable. And so there, the factors, similar factors that are pushing on the energy market are also pushing on the grains market, the food market, and expect that to remain an area where prices remain relatively high. Now, this is Invest Talk, and we thank you for downloading our podcast. And now let's pivot back to the voice bank for a question that came in earlier on 888.99 chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Alan from Hayward, California. Absolutely love the show. I learn a lot from you guys. I just wanted to know what you think of, of Cloudflare, N-E-T, Cloudflare. I bought it at $83 per share, and it's been on a tear. And I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on it. Thank you. Bye. All right. This is Cloudflare, and this is one of those growth names. So it's rolling over. It does not make money, uh, but it has been growing its revenue base about 50% year over year uh, for the past few few uh, few years. And... This is a name that now is, let's see what it is, from its 52-week high, it's down, uh, where are we, yeah, 18% from 137 down to 112 today, and it is trading a very high multiple, $35 billion market cap, and that is very expensive, especially when you look at its enterprise value to revenue. Let's take a look at where that is. My system just created a new... um, Has a has a new layout, so I'm a, I'm a, I have to I have to figure out how to use this new layout. Uh, but it is once again very very expensive for a company that is not making any money. Uh, it's trailing twelve month revenue is some neighborhood of five hundred million. It's at a thirty five billion dollar valuation. You're talking about seventy times revenue. Ugh, uh, makes me queasy. I would sell this yesterday. It's so expensive. And if inflation rates continue to rise, this is going to, this is the perfect type of name that's going to have drastic, and I mean drastic, multiple contraction in the neighborhood of, I think, potentially 80% from its highs. So the fact that we're down. 18, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> so this is peaked at 137. That's talking about a $30 stock price. Now we're at 112. So I would definitely not be owning this name in this environment. 
Well, fall has now begun. Fourth quarter starts here on Friday, and the seasons are changing, and volatility environment the volatility environment is changing as well. And so, are you prepared? Is the first question you have to ask yourself. And if you're not sure, reach out to us. Take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go to meeting at our company, KPP Financial, where we operate with the same philosophy, independent thinking, and shared success. At KPP, we provide unbiased guidance, both on and off air, and practice parallel investing. We invest right alongside our clients. So if you need a second opinion, you want a professional's view of what your strategy looks like, what your financial path looks like, whether you're on track or not, from a financial planning perspective as well, we can help you with that. So reach out to us through our website, investtalk.com, or call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. We'd love to help you in any way. Just a short conversation can determine whether we can or we can't. Next up, another Invest Talk Voice question in 30 seconds. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Talking about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. Steve and Justin are fearless. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is. Hi, my name is Brian from Laguna Beach, California. I was looking to invest in some energy stocks and wanted to see what your take was on Bonanza Creek Energy Incorporated. The ticker symbol is BCCI. Look forward to hearing your comments on the show. Thank you. All right. BCEI, it looks, sounds like Bonanza Creek Energy. Engage in oil and natural gas acquisition, exploration, development, and production here in the U.S. I've never heard of this name. Interesting. BCEI. I'll just bring it up in my systems. It's a pretty small company. $1.5 billion market cap. BCEI. Hmm. Let's take a look at what they do. Let's look at their balance sheet. You know, with this small of a company, now the, the chart as expected and being in this space is pretty strong. It pulled back from 50 and change in May, all the way down to 32 and change in August. Now we're almost back up to 50, 47, 82 at the close today, trailing 12 months, hundred million dollars in free cash flow. I like that. Uh, I like their profitability. Uh, I really have to understand their, their assets and how strong they are. Um, but I like I like this name. I like uh, what what I'm seeing here. Let's look at their leverage. They did have a lot of financial leverage, but it looks like they've paid that down uh, a good amount. So that's a good thing. Um, I'm gonna give this one a thumbs up. Supposed to make eight dollars and thirty four cents next year on a forty seven dollar stock, about three percent yield. I, I'm gonna I like this name. B C E I Bonanza Creek Energy. Thanks for the call. 88899 chart, 88992 4278. I'm going to add this. Let's see. 
Let's uh, let's touch on stable coins. Stable coins. Now, the Biden administration is looking to take aim at stable coins to lay the groundwork for stricter regulations around the cryptocurrency space. Now, they're designed to combine the stability of national currencies like the dollar with the ability to trade quickly online in the cryptocurrency space. Now, they're supposed to be backed by safe assets like treasuries, but they're all not backed by treasuries. Some are backed by gold. Uh, some are backed by other cryptocurrencies. So don't think that they are always 100% backed by something that is sound and stable. It depends on which stablecoin you're talking about. And the reason that regulators are worried is because a lot of investors in the space view this as cash. It's 100% safe. Well, if you go back in history, not very long to the financial crisis, money market mutual funds were also viewed the same way as well. And we saw what happened with the assets that backed them that were no longer safe. They were no longer the value that everyone expected them to be. Why? Because they invested in short-term subprime assets. And so the worry is that if you get some sort of run on the bank where the, they have to, these entities have to liquidate the underlying assets, you could was called break the buck. And that was really the worry back in 2008 is that these money market funds were going to break the buck. And that's the worry here as well. And so startups issuing stable coins invest in assets that make them really sizable players in the capital market. So it's not like they're very small anymore. And there's no real clear rules on how those assets should be managed to make sure that the cash that people believe they have or the stable asset they believe they have, they call them stable coins, that they're actually stable. And so sometime next week or soon after, the Federal Reserve is to, going to lay out uh, a paper that lays out the blueprint for the future of money, which includes stable coins. And the Fed, the Office of Comptroller of the Currency, uh, large banks are going to comment on this, work on it. Uh, there'll be some rules around potentially how much cryptocurrency banks could hold and what that means for their balance sheet, how they charge that on the balance sheet of banks if they do hold those assets. And so that's going to be very, very interesting. Um, and it just shows you why they're looking at this space because they don't want there to be a break the buck type of event where they don't have any controls. They don't have relationships with these companies. They don't have, they can't help them make sure that they're within the guidelines. Uh, and you don't want a run on the bank, but this could also mean the death kneel for a Visa and MasterCard if they can get it right. Now we're heading to the final break, so get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk. 
888-99-CHART. Let's head to, George, head to Washington State and talk with George. He's looking at Metropolitan, Metropolitan Bank Holding Corp. Do you own it or looking to buy it? I'm considering to buy it. I kind of missed it last year. I had it on my radar and kind of forgot about it. And uh, now I see it had a run out, a little drop, and I'm considering to stay, still take some position because it looks to me still in value. Okay. Well, this is a Metropolitan Bank Holding Corp. And you probably guessed where they operate in New York metropolitan area. And it's so it would be a regional bank and in the space that that I like uh, within the banking sector. So that's good. They do not pay a dividend, it looks like. And they're supposed to make $6.05 this year or next year, $5.85 this year, $4.66 they made last year and three fifty six the year before. So they've been consistently growing their earnings. And I like that. Still a small bank, $875 million market cap. But that means because they're small, they can operate in areas the large banks either don't want to deal with or, or can't deal with because of broader regulation. Uh, and so that's why I, I like this space and, and, and I like this name. Now, the question is, has it gone a little bit too far too fast? On $6.05 next year, you're talking about trading at a 14-ish multiple. That's not that expensive to me. Uh, now, it is a little bit overbought right now, um, but a pullback in the, to the low to mid-70s, I think that's a good buying area. Uh, right now at 84, it is, it is a bit um, overbought. So I would be a, probably, some, probably patient on this name, um, but I like it. Uh, I like the space. I like it that's operating within uh, Manhattan, which uh, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. So I'm going to give... MCB, uh, a thumbs up. Thanks Thank for the call. You. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Now, you've probably heard us mention that we have Invest Talk listeners across America and around the world, and we will demonstrate that now with this next question. It came in earlier from Germany. Hi, guys. Here's Gat, your friend from Germany. I'd like to know today about the bigger MU, Micron Company. I saw good analyst comments with our upgrading the stock and also look in the figures uh, revenue is increasing much profit also what do you think this is a good investment ticker mu company micron thank you well this is micron technology they are focused on manufacturing dram for pcs and servers mainly they also have expanded into flash memory the flash memory market as well so they're they're highly correlated to the the chip sector and the demand for um, computer products, uh, but also the supply of these components. Because for the most part, Micron doesn't really have an economic moat. They're what I would consider a price taker. They're producing commodities. Most people don't care whether they're RAM was made by Micron or a, a, a competitor. They don't care whether their flash memory was made by Micron or a competitor. All they care about is if it stores the data and moves the data. That's it. And so I, the technically, Micron is already down about 26% from its peak back in April. It's in a downtrend, making lower highs and lower lows. Uh, and this is uh, an industry that has historically 
extremely, extremely cyclical. 2018, they made almost $12 a share. That's just a couple years after making only $0.26 cents a share in 2016. What happened in 2019? Did they make more than $12 a share? No. They made half that, $6.35, then down to $2.83 in 2020. This year, 2021, $6. Expected next year, $11. So the market's already priced in a return to this $11, $12 share uh, earnings expectation. And the reality is it's probably going to ebb the other way. You're already seeing analysts start to downgrade expectations for the next couple of years. That's the trend. And the trend of the stock is down. So until this gets to about 50, I'm not interested in it. Thanks for the call. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Now over 35 million. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Be sure to rate and review. And if you leave a brief question with your rating, we will prioritize your answer. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.